morning, everybody. If you'd like to come and find your your seats, I have been given the privilege and the honour of introducing this wonderful and amazing man. This is Mr. Mark Mitchell. I have known Mark for, oh, I don't know, about eight years. And uh, when I first met Mark, I was in the situation that Pam was describing now. My, my room was empty. But uh, Mark was a local head teacher in Solihull. His school was in special measures. It wasn't his fault. It was just one of those things that happened six weeks after he arrived. And uh, he allowed me to uh, join his team. And uh, during that time, he took the school out of special measures so quickly that Parliament wrote a white paper about it. This man transformed through his actions and his calling on God, that school. And that school stands in a good place today. This man has a heart for children. He has a heart for education in this country. He has a heart to see education transformed. He has a heart for God in the workplace. I give you Mark. Uh, Vicky makes it sound like I, I rescued her. I'd kind of put that round the other way. Uh, I think she came and helped me uh, and was massively appreciative of that. Uh, good morning. Uh, it's really nice to uh, uh, meet you all. Um, I am a head teacher, um, and so I shall try not to say some standard lines, but if you hear me say things like, it's your own time you're wasting, then I apologise. <laughs> I apologise in advance, force a habit and all that. Um, and uh, I'm just amazingly encouraged already this morning that uh, really God has been speaking all the things that I'd laid out. And, and I love it when that happens because to me it just brings me encouragement that actually he wants to speak to us, to build us up and strengthen us in our faith. Weren't those testimonies of God at work in the workplace incredible? Do you know, I've been struggling for some illustrations this morning. He just brought those. So that was helpful, wasn't it? I'll refer back to them later. Um, where your notes fall down, God steps in. Um, and I do have a real passion for um, us as the people of God to be able to work out our calling in the workplace. And it is fabulous. And the Bible is really clear that we gather together And we meet for our strengthening, our encouragement to be taught, to be built up in our faith. But it's also pretty clear that actually that is so that we go and we change the world for the good. And we're for the good of those around us. And so that I want to try and make very accessible for you this morning. Uh, I will not be speaking about raising the dead. Okay. Haven't seen that in the workplace. Quite pleased I haven't had to deal with that in the workplace. If I'm, if I'm honest with you, that's, a, that's not a great day. Um, uh, but uh, I want to talk to you in, 
really very ordinary terms because this morning is both ordinary and extraordinary as I hope I'll be able to share with you. And I want to speak from this passage in Galatians uh, about keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, I was brought up on the new international version. Okay? Oh, yes, hear it for the NIV. Or the nearly inspired version. And, And this was how this passage read. It says, since we're living by the Spirit, and over the last couple of weeks you've had some great talks Uh, about that, since we're in the age of the Spirit and living by the Spirit, since the Spirit has been poured out on us, now keep in step with the Spirit. Now, as a head teacher, I am familiar with the concept of sports days. Yeah, happy days for some as children, not so much for others. Just looking around for those who are just hanging their heads now. I dropped the egg. Can't believe I dropped the egg. I was so close to the food. I dropped the egg. Um, one of those sports day events is a three-legged race. When you think about keeping in step with something, three-legged race is time when that's kind of crucial, isn't it? And uh, the three-legged race uh, has some simple fundamentals to it. Okay, and the main one is this: those two people whose legs are tied together need to be roughly. The same height. Would you agree with me? Yeah? Simple principle. Very important. Were Vicky and I to be paired on the start line of a three-legged race, you would already have your eye on us, wouldn't you? Not for success. You would be waiting for the moment when the stride length became very apparent in its difference... And that causes all sorts of bother. Now, that's not Vicky's fault. It's not my fault. It's just that the pairing isn't quite right. Keeping in step becomes a challenge. We can start off on the same foot, but that can quickly go wrong. And that's where I have a real challenge with this passage in this translation. Can we just go back? You've you've, you've spoiled the plot there. (laughs) Look at that, you see. Right. Now... Yeah, that, that, I, was, I was building up to that. No, mind, it's okay. Um, and the problem that I have is that when I'm trying to keep in, in step with the Spirit, the Spirit, remember, this was the person who was there at the creation of the whole world. And this was the Spirit that breathed creation into being. Is anybody seeing any mismatch here between me... And the Spirit of God. That's why I have a problem, because his stride length is kind of bigger than mine. You know? I try to keep up, but he is infinitely powerful, all-wise, all-knowing. Not, not feeling the stride length now, really. I'm feeling like I do this, and he just, well, how long's the stride length of the Spirit of God? How on earth do I keep in step? And so I love the New Living Translation. Yes. Yes. And it translates it this way. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now, I feel like there's some hope. And this is an exhortation from Paul. And I, this morning, very simply want to exhort you to live following the Spirit's 
leading. And unpack a bit of what that might look like. And particularly what a barrier might be for us in terms of living this out so that the world around us might be for the good. I really don't want you to feel that this is a you're not doing it right word, so you need to change something. If anything, I'm praying that God will take the scales off our eyes and enable us to see that he's far more present than maybe we give him credit for. Now, the chances are that as we're gathering this morning, that the majority of us would describe ourselves as Christians. You would say that you follow the teachings of the Bible and that you're walking on a day to day basis with Jesus. You may be here just looking in and exploring faith. Uh, It may be that you've lost faith. Wherever you stand on any spectrum of this, do you know this doesn't matter? The Bible's tremendously encouraging. It gives us all sorts of examples where people who are nowhere near to God are used by God. I find this tremendously releasing. This means that it's not down to me or you or anybody else. At Church Central, where uh, uh, I'm I'm an elder, uh, we've been looking at Daniel's story. And the start of Daniel says, there's this King Nebuchadnezzar, mighty king of Babylon. He goes and invades uh, and uh, besieges Jerusalem. And it says about him that the Lord gave him victory. It's weird. Foreign king likes to think of himself as being a god, but God gave him victory and then permitted him to take some of the sacred objects away. Even a mighty king like that, totally opposed to God, no notion of who God might be, can be used by God. So can you. So can I. So actually, we need to get out of our, well, it's all about me focus. Let's think about who God is and how he can speak to us and through us because he has a plan. Ephesians makes that pretty clear, and I am not going to be unpacking predestination. It's too complex. I'm a primary school teacher. I don't understand things like that. But he has a plan. He has placed us where we are right now, and our belief in him is not the most significant factor for him to use us. Do you realize that? Anybody here? Believe in gravity. Anybody? We've got mo- most people are comfortable with the notion of gravity, okay? Do you know there was a time when people didn't believe in gravity? No one had defined it. Apples hadn't fallen out of trees onto people's heads and all that. Did it matter? No. Whether or not I believe in gravity, it still has an impact on me every day. Every time I climb a staircase and I get to the top and I'm slightly tired, I think, whew, should exercise more. And, oh, gravity, brilliant. (laughs) Every time I go down a flight of stairs, I have to be aware of gravity's pull on me. Quite a significant pull. Uh, Because if I'm not aware of that pull, it pulls me ever quicker 
towards my destination and I end up in a crumpled heap. See, my belief in God, my strength of my faith, I don't have to work it up. God's working out a plan. And his invitation to us is, won't you join him in outworking that? And that's his grace to us. And I really also want to underline that if we're facing challenge and we've been hearing about that sense of being stripped away, feeling vulnerable, if we're experiencing difficulty, we must not confuse that with God not being present with us. Vicky alluded to a time when I was head teacher of a school that had a nice label over it. It was called failing. That was encouraging. And... Uh, and actually, that season was a really tough one. It was tough for my family. It was tough for me. It was hard at my school. Was it the wrong place for me to be? No, it was not. I would have loved it to be the wrong place to be on many accounts. I would have gone, brilliant, I can go and sit on a beach or do something more relaxing. But no, the place where God had placed me was a place of confusion, challenge, pain, difficulty, and he was present in it. Please don't confuse, please don't confuse challenge or difficulty with God not working in you, in you and your life. Please don't do that. And he leads us through those seasons to teach us. And the Bible is littered with examples of people who he puts in the most awful of places, actually so that he can honour them and lift them up and use them for even more than they thought was possible. Just dropping in a couple of names like Joseph and Moses and Daniel and the list could go on. The Bible's full of them. So because he takes us through those seasons doesn't mean he's not with us. And I think for us where we are, I think a major barrier sits just between our ears here. The battle is for our mind. The battle is something that we have to wrestle with in our heads. So does God speak today? What does that look like and sound like? Do you have voices in your head? Well, we're going to explore a little bit. So can we put the next one up? Battle for our mind. Now, this is a particularly, I think, Western issue. Okay, because we have become very cerebral. We value thinking. That's why the government currently wants to encourage every single one of you. I'll point to this row at the front here. There's people over here. Yes. Go to university. I'm, I'm going to walk away at that point. They all go, no. I shan't. That wasn't a word from God, by the way. All right. Just want to release you from any pressure that you're feeling now. Uh, except for, no, no, no. I won't do that. Um, Because it values the mind. We say, how, what's the answer to everything? Education, education, education. We like, if we say things three times, it means it. They stole that from the Bible, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Holy, holy, holy. It was there first. Um, But education, education, education. Is education the answer? No. No. If there's any teachers from the Royal School in Wolverhampton watching, I do mean that. Um, That's my current school. Um, 
Education is not the answer. But in the West, we have this Western mindset that says we think things through. We figure things out, don't we? We're logical thinkers. We amplify our ability. We've now sent objects to other planets to explore. We've sent things to the farthest reaches of our solar system. We're currently getting images back from there so that we can learn and we can figure out how the world works because we understand it so that we can make sense of it. So we wrestle with it. So when we come to say, well, God, does God speak to us? This can get in the way. And for that, I am blessed with a fairly ineffective brain. (laughs) Certainly the ability to switch it off at times. And I don't say that too lightly, because if you spend your time trying to figure out God, your head will be in a mess. I promise you. And I could comment here on the state of mental health. In our society. Because life throws so much at people and they try to figure it out up here. And you know what? Sometimes it just isn't possible. And it's tragic and it's painful. So where do we hear from? Let's keep it simple. We'll talk about the three main places. Firstly, you can have thoughts. Yes. They're original, they're creative, they're part of how God made you to be. You think them. You can make decisions. I am currently choosing whether or not to walk this way or to keep walking this way. My choice is my choice. It is real. I'm not a robot. God hasn't programmed me to automatically do everything in my life and to go through motions. He's given us free will. So I can make choices and I can have real thoughts about things. I can muse on things. I can mull things over. He has given me a creative capacity. For some of you, that will be worked out in the arts. And that's absolutely incredible. For some of you in math, science, architecture, you name it, in practical application of things, things will just make sense to you because of how you're wired. You can have those thoughts. God speaks to us. It's actually what we were designed for. When you look back into the Garden of Eden, there's a wonderful picture of God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. And it's as though he's sauntering along, having a chat with them of an evening. Amazing. That's what you were designed for. Did you know that? Hearing from God is what you were designed for. You know when you're going, God, speak to me. Have you ever had a conversation with another person like that? You may have done. I suggest that's not in a good place. We were made to hear from God. And of course, we have an enemy. We have the devil. He also speaks to us. Now, when he does that directly, if we're filled with the spirit of God, it's quite easy to hear that because it comes as condemnation, put down, oppression, anything that will trip you up and try to crush you. However, he recognises that, actually, that's pretty obvious. And for those people who are following Jesus, they're going to know that because you've been learning about some of the gifts of the Spirit. And one that I know that Rob touched on last week was discernment. And we go, where's it coming from? It's the enemy. Take every thought captive. because I know my Bible. And I'm going to listen to Jesus. So I think he uses a third ploy. And this is the one that I think I I just want to open up. And if we get no further this morning, I'd be quite happy to stop here. This is about who gets the credit 
for our thoughts. Because the devil wants to discredit God. He's all about saying, it's not him, it's somebody, something, take the attention away from God. And often, I believe that we can misinterpret our thoughts for God speaking. Let's say that again. I think often we misinterpret God's voice and give ourselves the credit for it. Now, why is that such a big problem? Well, do you know what? I find it really easy to ignore me. Because I know I have some really stupid ideas. My family are sitting there. They could tell you any number of them if you're interested afterwards. They've got some cracking stories of times when dad has thought it was a good idea to do this, that or the other. Really, it wasn't. Okay. So when I give myself credit for those ideas, I can very quickly say, do you know what? It's just me thinking it. You might have heard this. It's a common experience when people are beginning to explore the gift of tongues. And they'll say things like, it's probably just me making it up. That sound familiar? I think this is a far more subtle way that the enemy seeks to spoil what God would do and how he speaks to us. Because it's an awesome thing. When God speaks, and it's not to be ignored. When God speaks, it really mustn't be ignored. When God speaks, he means it. And it's for our good. We really need to take his his voice seriously. And would be very foolish to ignore it. But in this cerebral Western mindset, we can say, well, actually, what's my thoughts and what's God's thoughts? And it gets quite jumbled. And I think God wants to bring us some clarity this morning. Do you know he speaks a lot more than we give him credit for? He's not an occasional speaking God. He's not sitting in an armchair in the corner reading a newspaper occasionally thinking to himself, ah, yes, I must remember to come and have a word. Oh, but this article is really interesting. It's not how he is. He speaks. He comes to us. And he's massively creative. He speaks to us through a whole range of different ways. And so you might recognise some of these. He speaks to us through words and pictures. Now, this can be through things that we read or things that we see. One of my favourite places to hear from God is when I'm gardening. Uh, God has blessed me with a a big garden that requires lots of tending. When I say tending, I mean hacking. When I say hacking, I mean taking trees down. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. And, uh, And so while I'm doing that, actually, God starts to speak to me about... Those plants over there that are growing, despite the fact that I dug them up last year, I thought. And those ones that have died, though I've tried to tend them. And 
And this tree is so solid and its roots go down, so down. And he starts to talk to me about all this stuff and go, do you know what? I'm like this. I'm like this. This is what I'm doing. This is what he starts to speak and open that up to me. And you might get that when you look at a piece of beautiful artwork or scenery. God speaks. He speaks through what you're reading and you're reading it. And it's not it's not even from the Bible. Do you know God speaks through novels? That's novel, isn't it? Um, sorry, that's the last dad joke of the morning. And uh, he speaks to us through articles. He speaks to us through the things that we're interested in studying. He speaks to us. So he can speak through words and pictures. He can also do that directly by actually speaking words to us. You know, we're thinking something and it's God giving us thoughts. We saw that this morning during the time of worship. People saying, God's just talking to me about this. I just want to share that. That's great. He does that through pictures as well. They're really helpful to unpack things to people because most of us are quite visual. We, we get the stuff because we see it around us. God will all, always uh, and often uh, also give us a nudge. Now, what does this look like? Well, let me put this in human terms. If I'm sitting at the table at home and our meal times can occasionally become a little raucous. There may be some nudges that are passed, you know. <laughs> just a nudge, just a stop it. Enough or thanks when not meaning that word at all. OK, <laughs> Just a nudge, just a little go over there, just a, just a, oh, just a check in my spirit that says, uh, not sure I should be here doing this right now, or maybe I should be over there right now. God just gives us a nudge. Go on. Go on, just go. Not long conversation. Do you think I should, Lord? Yes, I do. Well, I don't know. I've got this. No, 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 just a, just a nudge. God sometimes nudges us. And that can feel like an urge to do something that you weren't previously thinking about doing. You know, we heard about that. A turning around in the corridor going, I'm going to go. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to go back, actually. Just a nudge. God also catches our attention with things. We'll grab our focus and put it on something that otherwise we wouldn't have been thinking about. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but sometimes we credit ourselves with this. You know, I'm just looking at this and we don't stop to go, God, what might you be saying to me at the moment about that? Why am I finding that interesting at the moment? Why is it helpful to me at the moment? And actually, God is I mean, this is just the highlights. God is a God who wants to speak to us all the time. If anything, I want to tell you, this is not a big deal. We can do you a disservice, I think, by saying that we have people who hear from God. Now, we are the people who hear from God. That's our everyday expectation. And sometimes that sounds really plain, really ordinary, really quiet and really subtle. Not lights in the sky. Not a bolt of lightning. Not suddenly finding myself frozen to the spot, not stopped in my tracks, just while I'm going. And I want to illustrate that a little bit for you 
as we start to, I was going to say draw to a close. That's probably giving you false hope. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably giving you false hope. Um, But I do want to talk about what this leading actually might look like in practice. And haven't we heard some wonderful illustrations? Haven't we heard that this morning? I'm just, I'm nursing and someone comes in. Ah! Well, what's that? If it's not a sudden need for the awareness of the Spirit of God, and funnily enough, God comes. Linked? You betcha. He's with us. He's with us. So, I I guess this comes down to me for, for three main areas. And I want to talk us through that. And I want to keep exhorting you to live following the Spirit's leading. That, that's, that's it this morning, to live following the Spirit's leading. So when he gives you a nudge or a prompt or gives you a word or a picture, something that inspires you, or something, that you say, thank you, Lord, not, oh, I'm, I'm just really distracted from my work today. I just can't get this thing out of my head. It's really annoying me. I wish I wouldn't keep thinking about that. What a pain. Maybe God's speaking. And we might need to acknowledge it. So I want to encourage you to move when you are prompted to move. God has a place for you to be. And for some of you, that's at school. For some of you, that's at college. For some of you, that's at university. For some of you, that's with your families. For some of you, that's in the workplace. All sorts of places for us to be. But I want to talk about what that might look like on a day-to-day basis. Now, my main place to be is my office. Oh, yes. The head teacher's office. How many of you have been scarred by that through your life? I just want to pray for you now. Father, just (laughs) peace on you. Uh, The number of parents that I have come into my office and they arrive as though they're being called in. (laughs) Morning, Mr. Mitchell. And I'm just saying I'd really like to have a chat with you about how your child's doing. They're doing really well at the moment. I just wanted to say, well done. Okay, and they were. So this is my place. Uh, now I will confess, I have bought myself a proper head teacher's desk. Oh yes, <laughs> but I don't often sit behind there. And the children who come into my office are just a delight. And do you know what? One of the biggest privileges for me is of being able to bless them, and believe in them, and encourage them. So when I have them arrive with a piece of writing, I will drop anything that I'm doing and any meeting that I'm having. It's very rare that they don't come in and they arrive at my desk and they show me their work and it is incredible. And they get a head teacher's award sticker. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay, this is beyond greatness. Because... I want to plant blessing in that child's life. And God has put me in a place, what a privilege, to sit in a place where they can come to me and have that. He also puts me in a place in front of 570 of them every week for assemblies. And I get to speak to them truth, 
What a privilege. That's the place that God has put me. But sometimes when I'm in that place, he gives me a nudge to be in a different place. So I'm sitting doing whatever I'm doing. It's very exciting. You know, emailing about drainage issues or... <laughs> us all sorts. It's, it's dynamic. And, and I'm sitting doing my work and I just get this... Just go for a walk. So I go for a walk. I get up out of my chair and I shut my laptop. I'm in the middle of an email, but I go for a walk. And you would not believe the number of times that I arrive in a corridor at a very interesting point in time. Sometimes I wish I hadn't arrived at that interesting point in time. Um, But it might be that there's a child having a real difficulty. And somehow this badge that I wear that says head teacher on it, it makes a difference. They won't listen to anyone else, but they'll come with me. They come down, we have a chat, we work things out. Sometimes it's my staff. And I find them crying. And had I not been there, I would never know. And I have an opportunity to talk with them. And on occasions to pray with them. And then to meet with them again. And to walk with them alongside the really difficult stuff of life. Just because God takes me from my place and says, go for a walk. It also helps me to get my steps in, so that's a winner. And, uh, and he moves me around that building. But that can look like many other things. Um, Elliot, I have permission to share his story. Um, Elliot's my youngest son. And uh, there's a, a child in his school a few years below him, who's clearly having some behaviour difficulties at the moment and is regularly outside of the classroom. And Elliot just keeps on bumping into this girl and she has taken to showing him her behaviour chart. And he is now setting her targets (laughs) for improvement. And was just saying to me, we were talking about this last night, she said, I'll just keep bumping into her. I said, is that, is that like an arrangement? Because he's deputy head boy. And um, is, this, is this an arrangement that you've got? No, no, I just keep bumping into her. What a wonderful encouragement. What a blessing to that girl. She doesn't even know that she's been blessed by God, but she's been given a mentor. How fantastic. Please don't feel that we have to do... These things up here which are amazing, which, don't get me wrong, God can do. But actually, on a day-to-day basis, if we're just following the Spirit's leading, and we're going into our day saying, please God, will you put me in the right place at the right time? Be assured that he will. And recognise it when he does. Because I could just say... I just fancied having a walk. I mean, it is my responsibility. I am responsible for all of the children from reception to year six and beyond, in my case, because it's a through school. And so I do need to go and see what they're actually doing. I do need to check that they're okay. That's part of my job. So I should be going for a walk, shouldn't I? Of course I should. But when should I go? Which corridor should I go down? I literally get outside my door sometimes and say, Lord, right or left? Left. Off we go, down to year one. Right, off we go, year four, year two. You know, where will the spirit lead me? Might be that I need to see something that's not going right in the classroom and I can do something about it. That's my job. 
And he helps me to do my job well. And if I do my job well, I think some children do well out of that. And I think that's a good thing. What does that look like in your workplace? What does that look like in your family? So move when God prompts you to move. Secondly, talk when he prompts you to talk. And can I encourage you to start with a question? I listened. I've been good. I listened to Rob speaking last week about how he speaking to people when God prompts him. Okay, and it's often good to start with a question, mostly for our benefit. Because that feels less scary. Can even be, how are you today? Okay, because chances are it'll be somebody that you know. God certainly starts that way. And um, start with a question and ask another question. Things going all right with this? Because if God's shown you that it isn't, why not ask them? Now, they might open up to you. They might not. That doesn't mean that you've got it right or wrong. That just gives you a helpful way to lead in. And please don't panic about getting the whole gospel in. In the one message. That's not what we're here to do, folks. We're here to bless the world that we live in. They will hear the gospel. God is very capable. He's very capable. Do you know that? He's really good at his job. Really good. I mean, I mean, like, like really seriously good. No, no. Good. And so he's not relying on me to somehow take my juggernaut of the gospel over this very fragile little friendship bridge. Uh, hello, how are you today? Jesus loves you. <laughs> how to freak someone out on a Monday morning. Preferably on the bus when you've never met them before. No, no, start gently. I mean, if God's shown you that, then let him lead you by, by all means to say, actually, do, do you know, I can see you find out, you, you okay? Oh, I just feel God wants to let you know that he knows where you are and he loves you. But by all means. But watch God work. Let me tell you how this works. People at work know that I'm a Christian. I haven't kept it a secret, nor do I ram it down there. Next, that's just who I am. So it won't take you long to find that out about me. There's a Bible on my desk and I read it. It's a giveaway. I also um, tell people all the time that I'm praying for people and then radically I do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Try that. It really works. Um, and, uh, and so when people have difficult situations in their life, my response to them is not, that must be tough, I'll be thinking about you. It's, that's really tough, I'm going to be praying for you. Now at that point, what I'm doing is I'm handing over to God what's God's and mine what's mine. I can lift them to God. He can do the stuff that he needs to. So what does this end up looking like over time? Well, wonderfully what happens is that people themselves start to recognise the work of God in their lives and I don't need to say anything. A colleague of mine at work this past week, uh, past week, two weeks ago, we had a late meeting in the evening and she really needed to get to her son's parents' evening. She'd missed her son, her other son's parents' evening earlier that year because of a similar late <coughs> meeting and was so quite, quite anxious about that. 
So we talked earlier in the day and agreed a time when she would need to leave, step out of the meeting, give her apologies. That was okay. That was arranged, but it was still pretty tight. <laughs> the next morning when I arrived in work, I said, how was the parents' evening? She said, it was amazing, Mark. Disappointingly, not because of what was said about her son. But um, she said, it was amazing, Mark. The journey home, you must have been praying for me. All the lights were green. I got there with 10 minutes to spare. Please note, I never told her I would be praying for her. I was, but I never told her that. Why? Because over time, she's just used to that being that. And now she is crediting God and she has a, she has a faith. It's growing. She's crediting God and I haven't had to say that. That's what it looks like over time, because God can do what he can do, and I can do what I can do. So I leave him to do his bit, which he's really good at. Good. And I do what I can do, which is I can say, Lord, please do something about that. I hate seeing that person going through that. Please do something about it. Please change that. I can't, but you can. That goes for my families at school, the, 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 the colleagues that I have, the situations that I see in the community around me, the things I see going on in the world. God, I can't do anything. Please, can you do something about that? And then they start to acknowledge that. It comes down to situations like, and again, I have permission, Alana, had a friend at school who was going through a difficult time, came out of um, uh, the school, group of friends there, and just doesn't want to talk about it. No, 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 don't want to talk about it, don't want to talk about it. And, and girls being girls, sorry. Uh, oh no, what's going on, what's going on? No, don't want to talk And then, says, don't want to talk about it, don't want to talk about it, don't want to talk about it. But Alana, I'd, I'd really like to talk to you about it. Can we just go and talk? That's wonderful, isn't it? Can I tell you, Alana did not lead her to the Lord. That wasn't the point. She needed a friend. She needed someone who could understand. She needed someone to stand up with her, for her in that situation. And she knew who Alana was. So by living out our calling as a people of God and saying each day, Father, will you help me to be a little bit more like you today? We get the opportunity then to speak when we're prompted to with the amount that we're given, not to feel pressure to get it all over at once and allow God to do the work in people's lives and hearts. Uh, Under this section, I also include texts and phone calls. Okay, because uh, sometimes I think we just fancy picking up the phone talking to someone and we maybe don't stop to think, why did we think that? I don't want to get too, why did you think, why did you think that you thought that you thought that? Because otherwise we get very confused, and I'm already slightly unsure. Um, but uh, my journey's home at a time when I've dedicated to, uh, to talking to people. So I have about 45 minutes an hour, five days of the week. And so I will, uh, I have a couple of people that I catch up with regularly, and I have some free evenings. When I literally say, Lord, who would you like me to talk to tonight? And a few weeks before Christmas, I was just I was getting in my car to go home. And I thought, do you know what? I haven't spoken to Rob for a while. Rob Davies, a lovely man. 
haven't spoken to him for a while. I wonder why I thought that. You know, I've got more than one contact in my address book. Yeah, yeah. Almost half a dozen. And uh, that's because I've got Rob and my family. And um, out of all of them, he drew my attention. So before I phoned, I said, Lord, anything you want me to say? He said, oh, yeah, I really want to encourage him with this, this and this. Oh, brilliant. There's a reason to call. So I phoned. Rob picked up the phone. That's always a result. And uh, uh, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> but I'm getting over it. And he picked up the phone and, uh, and he said, Hi, Mark. He said, Really interesting you should call. I was praying for you this morning. You just came to my heart and I've got a few things to share. I said, Oh, interesting, Rob. Me too. Let's swap. And so we did. And we had a lovely conversation and a catch-up with a good friend. But we also got to encourage one another and build each other up. Why do I want to send a text? Why have they just dropped into my mind? What is it that God wants to say? Not just how are you. What does he want me to say? Is there a passage of scripture that would be really helpful for them to know right now? Just what does he want me to say? Just bring God in when he starts to prompt you. Don't always think, oh, I was just thinking about you. Why were you thinking about them? Has God got something to say? Does he want to encourage people through you? And the third thing is I want to encourage you to pray when you're prompted to. God reveals secrets through prayer. And so, uh, again, in the seat that I sit in, I have the privilege of walking through some really challenging circumstances in children and families' lives. And I'm often sitting there with absolutely no idea of what to do. But I know a man who does. And so I'm sitting listening and I'm praying, Father, what's going to unpick this mess? Please help me. Please help me. What's going what's to unlock this? What's going to be the first step forwards? And he'll give me a question to ask. Or he'll give me a point to raise. Or they're just saying something and they'll say a little aside. Oh, that was it. That was it. Let's come back to that bit. Let's, let's just talk about that bit, shall we? Just for a minute. Let's just unpack that. Some really difficult and complicated things. And they go on. It's not a matter of they walk out and everything's sorted and that's wonderful. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's that they've moved forwards. God reveals secrets. Let's pray. Can I just be clear that prayer does not need to start with, dear Lord. It can start with, oh. It can start with, oh. He knows our thoughts, doesn't he? So in that office, in that moment, I'm imagining, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sue, I'm imagining that that prayer was not one of the most eloquent you've ever prayed. (laughs) There you go. Help! God gets it. He really does get it. Father, I just want to thank you, because you've got to start with thanking, haven't you? I taught this to my children when they were young. We had the thank you, the sorry... (laughs) the asking okay you don't need to go through that help i need wisdom it's a really good one i use that one a lot huh 
particularly in my job when I'm talking to five or six-year-olds who themselves genuinely don't know what the problem is. What's going on? Could you explain it to me? No, I have a limited vocabulary. (laughs) They're very gifted at my school. Um, So I had a little boy in my office just before Christmas who has had some really, really challenging behaviour. I mean, proper challenging behaviour. And there's a reason for that. And he came and he sat in my office. And he came and sat in my office and he sat on the seat there. And I just, I went back to my laptop because he needed a bit of time to himself. And I was typing absolutely nothing whilst praying for the peace of God to come on him. And he went to sleep. (laughs) And then I said, oh, (laughs) it's not going to help us to work this through, is it? Generally, consciousness is a key element to working things through. Um, God does speak in dreams. I haven't covered that. Sorry. Uh, God speaks with dreams. Uh, so dream when prompted. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, God's prompted me to dream. I'm off for a nap. Um, and I, that wasn't really what I was going for. And then God just showed me he's, he's really unwell. He's really poorly. And I actually went and spoke to the family, found out that he'd been off school for a couple of days. Actually, on two days before, he'd been in hospital. And we hadn't been told. And so I said, well, he's clearly not well. He's not right to be here. Actually, it's not that he's misbehaving. He's feeling wrong. And he went home. That was the right thing to do. Do you know what? Over Christmas, I dedicated myself to praying daily for this child. Do you know what? This term, he's been lovely. He is a lovely, he's a lovely lad. He's amazing. I love him dearly. He can be a pickle. (laughs) But I love him dearly. And do you know what? God breaks in. Pray when God prompts you to. He put that on my heart. I thought before Christmas, honestly, he's not going to be at my school a lot longer unless something changes. So I need to do something about that. What can I do? Can't go to his house. Can't, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Can take it to my heavenly father who can. And everyone in my school is saying, wow, he's different. And I'm quite open with them. Well, he should be. I've been praying with him every day through my Christmas holiday. Even Christmas Day. I mean, I did stop to have my lunch. I'm not going to go that far. So we need to deepen our prayer life. God's not limited to these fancy sentences. He's with us. He's with you. We're in the age of the spirit where he's broken free and he's with you wherever you are. And I I really felt I just want to encourage people who work in the voluntary sector, who maybe you don't feel very valued and you think I'm just doing this and it's kind of it's not the high stakes stuff. God just loves the difference that you're making. And the heart that you're expressing through all that you're doing. The storehouse here is incredible. It is incredible. I just want to thank you as a community for what you're doing to make a difference. It is wonderful. 
I want to say to you, if you're a parent here who is dedicating your time to look after your children at home and going through that season of feeling a bit nuts because you long for adult, sane conversation, the Lord loves it. He wants to bless you in it. He's going to give you favour because of it. Because he's with you there. It's where he's put you now. Talk to your children. Pray for them. Take them places. Follow his prompting. Follow his leading as you bring them up. So, oh my life, I've got carried away. Sorry. I'm going to finish. Quickly. I'm going to finish with two things. Um, Yeah, I'm going to finish with two things. Might turn into a few more. I'm going to finish with two things. Um... Can we stand? Is that all right? I just uh, want to ask you to respond where you are, particularly for those of you who feel you just have a hunger to hear from God more clearly and to really know it's him wherever you are. I think there's um, there's a section over here that God is going to turn up the volume for you guys. It's going to be really fun. And the reason that he's going to do it is because he wants to assure you that he's with you because it means taking a risk, doesn't it? And I think sometimes this has gone wrong. And that's also painful because it leads to ridicule and pain. Am I right? Shall I tell you how I know? Because I've been there. God really wants to encourage you, particularly you. Okay, sorry. Um, he really wants to bless you. And, and, I, and I think that you've got some friends of yours who've been on your heart and you've been really frustrated because you're not having opportunities to speak to them. And he's going to unlock something for you and just give you real grace for that. Okay, might, might come back on that. Um, and, uh, and, and for, for those of us who just want to hear more God more clearly and to acknowledge him, I just want to encourage you to reach out to God right now. And believe that it's going to be a bit like a Paul experience where he takes scales off our eyes and suddenly we see the world differently. Do you know when they built the Hadron Collider under Switzerland, there was a range of possible outcomes when they turned it on for absolutely nothing happening in this particle accelerator that they'd spent billions on. Absolutely nothing happening to a black hole opening up under Switzerland. This is a word of encouragement, by the way, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I just want you to know that it can feel sometimes like a really small thing, but it can change everything. And God wants you to know that the landscape can look dramatically different for you. Father, we come to you right now and ask you, Holy Spirit, would you turn the volume up? Would you take the scales off our eyes? And in Jesus' name, I pray, would you speak? Would you come and unblock our deaf ears? Would you come and open our blind eyes? Would you come and encourage us with our friends, with our family, with our work colleagues, with those we bump into in the street? Holy Spirit, I ask, would you move and pour out your grace on us? In Jesus' name, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, thank you. I believe that though there are also some people here that for you, there's almost like a repentance. That you realise that you've been crediting God's 
word with your thoughts and therefore dismissing it. And it's as though God wants you to almost put a line in the sand and say, no, I'm going to stop resisting. I'm going to stop trying to work it all out up here. And I'm going to trust you, Lord. And I'm going to respond. If that's you... Father, I want to pray for grace. I want to pray for repentance now. Lord Jesus, thank you. You've got good things for us all of the time. All the time, you're good. You're good all the time. All the time, you're good. And so where we've stepped back from that, where we felt inhibited, oh God, we say we're so sorry. I'm so sorry. Lord, would you come and give me mercy, forgiveness and strength to go again. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. If there's stuff that you still want to work through with God, it would be a great privilege to pray with you at the end, um, which is kind of now. And... uh, uh, and similarly, if there's that sense of repentance and just needing to pray with someone, find someone to pray with. Work that through with them. And then open your eyes, open your ears, and enjoy the presence of God as the Spirit leads you through your life. Bless you.